Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The that this could be the start of something big edition as we look back at Friday night's preseason opener against the Arizona Cardinals. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, post-game comments, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in our first fun fact segment of the new season, you'll hear from a Bengals rookie who is delivering pizzas last year on Super Bowl Sunday. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Paycor Stadium. Other than the Roman Coliseum, which has had one name since 80 A.D., Stadium name changes are not unusual. Consider the Miami Dolphins who play at Hard Rock Stadium. It opened as Joe Robbie Stadium before becoming Pro Player Park, then Pro Player Stadium, then Dolphins Stadium, then Dolphin Stadium, then Landshark Stadium, Sun Life Stadium, and finally Hard Rock Stadium. The Bengals' 16-year agreement with Cincinnati-based Paycor comes at a critical time for the franchise. Here's what Mike Brown told me before training camp when I asked him about possibly changing the name of Paul Brown Stadium. Well, I think my dad would have understood. I think he would even have approved it. Uh, In his mind, what mattered most was the team. Uh, This gives us a revenue stream if we go forward with it and... uh, we need that for doing things such as the uh, indoor facility we're building uh, to help us uh, when we get to signing some of our headline players. Uh, that's going to be a real challenge. Uh, we uh, have things to uh, spend that money on, believe me. Paul Brown was not only the most innovative coach in football history, he was probably the most innovative coach in sports history. This partnership with Paycor will help the team he founded compete for Super Bowl titles in the modern NFL. Now, let's get to Friday's preseason opener against the Cardinals. It didn't start well for the Bengals, as a 40-yard pass interference penalty on rookie Allen George helped the Cardinals score on their opening drive. Play action fake, bootleg left, throw into the end zone, touchdown, Arizona. Andre Bocelli with the touchdown catch and the Cardinals score on their opening drive. The Bengals answered with a 60-yard run by Chris Evans on their first play from scrimmage. Unfortunately, it didn't count due to a holding penalty on Thaddeus Moss. Later in the first half, Evans had a five-yard touchdown run. That didn't count due to another penalty on Moss. I talked to Evans about his rotten luck after the game. The final stat sheet is not going to show all the things you did tonight. Unfortunately, you had a 65-yard run. You had a five-yard touchdown run. Unfortunately, they both got wiped out by penalties. You had a 40-yard kick return. That counted. But was kind of a strange night for you that you made all these big plays and they didn't count? Yeah, I was just, um, and being in preseason, this is all, all about getting it on tape. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't really care about the end of stats. It's just showing the coaches that I could be trustworthy and make a play when, when time comes. 
Let's discuss the 65-yard run. First offensive play of the game for the Bengals. Did you know pretty quickly it was coming back, or didn't you find out until after the play? I didn't find out until after the play, and I was, like, heartbroken because I was like, man, like, I was running as fast as I could. It do had an angle, and but I got it on tape, so I'm not really, you know what I'm saying? So the coaches know that I could do that know what I could do, so I'm not really mad about the – you know what I'm saying, the highlight or anything, as long as, you know what I'm saying, coaches know I can do it, you know what I'm saying, rather they we fix the blocking up front or not, you know what I'm saying, I, I got that in my toolbox. How about the five-yard TD, same thing? Yes, sir. And, and anything they need me to do, any any opportunity I get, I'm just going to make the most of it. Rather get called back or not, you know what I'm saying, I got to, you know what I mean, I just got to do what I got to do. We're chatting with Chris Evans. The first kickoff returning that you did came very late last season, so you're still kind of raw in that category. That 40-yard kickoff return uh, had to feel good. Yeah, hit it and get it, hit it and get it, hit it and get it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody up there, the front line, and to me, is the hardest thing to do in football. It's to run backwards, set up, and to block a grown man running full speed. So I got to gotta help them out by hitting the hole hard and uh, just being decisive and just making sure that, you know what I mean, I can I can get them on their blocks if I can just you know I can just set set block ups and hit hit where I need to hit and then make make everything work for everybody. Always looking to correct things that went wrong in a preseason game. I guess the big thing for the team tonight would be cleaning up those penalties. Yeah, I mean yeah, we got to clean up a lot of stuff. It, uh, just come with you know what I'm saying locking in attention to detail, and then you know what I'm saying we're we're in training camp, so you know what I mean we just got to lock into the to the small things and especially the guys guys who are in don't typically get reps during the week, so it's kind of hard to you know what I'm saying to get that live rep and you haven't gotten any many practice reps, but that's that's just the name of the game. You got to be able to be able to do it. You had some great plays tonight. I wish they would have all counted for your sake and the team's sake, but uh, like you said, you put it on tape. Congratulations for that, and best of luck next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Officially, Chris had eight carries for minus three yards, one of the most deceptive stat lines of all time. Arizona led 9-0 at the end of the first quarter before Evan McPherson put on a show in the second. He made a 23-yard field goal to put the Bengals on the scoreboard, then added a pair of bombs. From 58 yards away on the Bengals' B logo, Chrisman is ready. The snap, the put-down, the kick, it has the distance. Go, baby, yeah. Is good. Of course it's good. Evan McPherson coming off the greatest rookie season by a kicker in NFL history drills one with room to spare from 58 yards away. I agree, Dan. It's good from at least 60, and the thing is, it got up so quickly, he gets immediate trajectory. He doesn't overswing. This guy is incredible. Huber is set. Right knee on the ground. Catches the snap, puts it down. Oh, yeah. McPherson's kick is good. Unreal. From 56 yards away, Evan Mick have no Pearson. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know what to say. 58 and 56 in the pre-game, preseason uh, opener. Just a, a phenomenal performance for the fans in attendance at this point. <laughs> I mean, is this becoming routine for you? Um, I mean, right, my, my job is just to go out there and, and make the field goal that they call me to make. So I, I would say that... Um, I'm getting a little more comfortable in the system with, you know, the the operation. Um, had a year to, I've had a year to kind of work with them and just get comfortable with them, and they make my job a whole lot easier uh, than it has to be. And so, with with not having to worry about any of that and just having to worry about just kicking the ball and not really overthinking it, um, 
I, I feel like it's kind of gotten a little bit easier, but I don't want to say that because I know there's going to be times where I got to revert back to what what I'm doing now and and uh, where I struggle and got to pick myself back up. So, but right now I just feel like I'm kind of hitting the ball pretty well. I'll say between the preseason practices and this preseason game, I think you've only missed two kicks out of probably 45 by now. How has that affected your confidence level going into your second NFL season? Well, you know, I, I wish I uh, wouldn't have missed those two. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I think one of them came the last practice before this game, and it, it did hurt me just because, um, you know, Darren can hold that above my head that he iced me and I missed. Um, but, no, it gives me a lot of confidence because I like to relate, you know, a lot of the practice kicks to the game kicks. And so I've just been really – trying to get better uh, in practice and so I, I really don't have to worry about anything in the game I just kind of go out there and do what what I've been doing all week it's a remarkable show you amaze us on a regular basis congratulations on two long wins tonight well I appreciate it and uh, hopefully we continue to amaze you McPherson was definitely the bright spot of the first half starting quarterback Brandon Allen left after one series to be evaluated for a concussion and Arizona led by two touchdowns at the half 23-9. to nine. It got lopsided in the third quarter. Second and goal from the six. Shotgun snap. Garantano rolling out to the left. Cox the arm. Throws. Caught at the goal line. Touchdown. John Trey Kirkland with the catch. And the Cardinals have scored their fourth touchdown of the game. The Cardinals added a fifth before the quarter was over and led 36-9 to nine going to the fourth. But the Bengals ended the game with a solid quarter. Empty backfield for Jake Browning, who's passed for 159 yards in the game tonight. Three receivers left, two right. Uh Browning rolling out to the right, being chased from behind. Throws downfield. Patrick with a catch at the 25, and he gets pulled down at the 19-yard line. Third down and goal from the one. Browning hands it off to Jacquez Patrick, sticks the ball forward. Touchdown. Yes, he's in. Bengals as Jacquez Patrick. Scores Cincinnati's first TD of the preseason. Then, on the Bengals' final drive of the night, quarterback Drew Plitt, out of Loveland High School in Ball State, got into the game and led the team on a 94-yard touchdown drive. He was helped by an incredible one-handed catch by rookie Kendrick Pryor, then went back to Pryor on the 11th play of the drive. Third down and three at the Arizona 25-yard line. Plitt waits for the shotgun snap. Fakes a handoff to Patrick. He's going to float it toward the end zone. And Pryor, he's got it right at the goal line. Touchdown. Bengals as Kendrick Pryor makes his fourth catch of the game. And this one is for a touchdown. Pryor finished with four catches for 89 yards, but didn't keep the ball after his touchdown catch. That went to his quarterback. We're in the locker room with Drew Plitt after an impressive debut. Six for six. A touchdown pass, seven-yard run for good measure. How thrilling was that tonight? Uh, it was nice. Um, I don't know about thrilling. I think it was just like, you know, kind of a weight off my shoulders to be able to get in there and get those first couple reps. Um, and, you know, going for six, six or six is something you want to you want to start your first drive as. Um, but I had a lot of help from wide receivers, O-line, everybody um, all around me. So, you know, I, at the end it was a thriller, but starting it was more of a weight off the shoulders. How would you review Priors one-handed, falling over backward, left-handed catch. Unbelievable. Um, that 
uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think uh, there's any other word for it. Um, and that's, you know, huge help for me going six or six. But um, for him, confidence booster going forward. Um, he's a great player and obviously had that touchdown at the end too. So um, looking to capitalize on that and keep keep moving forward. As the third quarterback, while Joe's been out, you haven't been able to get that many reps mm-hmm. uh, in practice. Uh, what was your comfort level when you got the chance to play tonight? Yeah, I mean, I've been comfortable with the plays. It's more just getting out there and um, actually seeing the defense against them and not just drawing them up on a board or on a pa- piece of paper um, is the bis- biggest difference. And, you know, that, that's where a lot of the weight comes off my shoulders is I've been able to, you know, go out there and play and see those plays against a defense and, and you know, read it and, you know, execute the play that's supposed to go, the way it's supposed to go. Did you have a big rooting section here tonight? Uh, I did. I have my my family and some friends here, so um, I know they were excited to see me out there on the field um, in, in general. Did you think you were going to get in? Uh, it had Brandon not had concussion-like symptoms, did you think um, you were going to get a chance to play? Coach told me there was a chance he was going to try to, um, but obviously, you know, circumstances, the way they fo- unfolded, was able to get a drive in and luckily made the most of it. Um, you know, but you never wish... Anything to happen to, to Brandon or anybody else um, when it comes to injury-wise, it's just you got to take advantage of the opportunity that you get in front of you. Is it a cliche to say this was a dream come true? Uh, it's not. I would absolutely say that. You know, Growing up here in the uh, greater Cincinnati area and coming to games all the time, um, being able to throw a touchdown in Paul Brown Stadium was unbelievable. And you have the ball. I have the ball, yes. <laughs> so, what happens to it? Uh, it's going to go home and it's going to stay, stay in a case at home for sure. Congratulations. That was fun to watch. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. The final score was Arizona 36, Cincinnati 23, and the killer stat was penalties. The Bengals had 11 for 104 yards. The Cardinals had two for 20. And the Bengals also committed the game's only turnover. Dave Lapham spent three minutes with head coach Zach Taylor after the game. Take me through uh, your assessment of the football game. What, What did you like? What did you not like? I thought we started a little slow, you know, and got ourselves in a hole. It was hard to dig ourselves out of. Uh, I thought the guys responded really well in the fourth quarter. Got some positive momentum going, some good energy. Um, and so we just got to continue to build off that end, you know, and, and play uh, better better football in all three phases, you know, in the first half of the next game. So um, 11 penalties. I know you don't like that for over 100 yards. I mean, that uh, that puts you in, in some, some tough down-and-distance situations. There's no question about that. They only had two for 20 yards, and then that ultimately, you know, translated to they handled third down. You had a tougher time because of the down-and-distance situations, and it just started to snowball a little bit. Yeah, that's not what we do. That's not how we play football. we got to be more disciplined than that, and so we'll, we'll take a look at it and see where the issues were at. Led the NFL, fewest penalty yards last year. You were the most disciplined team in the National Football League. Take great pride in that, don't you? Yeah, we got to take great pride in that and win another turnover battle, you know, and we didn't do that today either, so those are two areas we got to improve on. How about uh, on the other side of things, uh, Drew Plitt goes in the football game and doesn't have an incompletion, has a perfect quarterback rating, and Pryor made some plays. I mean, some guys made some plays for you. Yeah, it was really good to see him get an opportunity there with his, with his one drive and took us down and scored a touchdown, so that was really good to see for him. Um, same with a bunch of other guys stood out, you know, so again, it'll be fun to watch the tape and, and uh, really assess all the performances. It'll be, uh, it's a story that Plitt can tell his kids, his grandkids. I mean, it's something, uh, you know, no, no matter what the situation, you get in a, in a National Football League game in a, in a team that you grew up rooting for and you get an opportunity to shine and he's shown brightly, that's big. Yeah, you work hard and you're ready for the moment and good things can happen for you. 
Any update on uh, on injuries, particularly um, what, what's going on with your with your quarterback? Is it a is it a concussion? Are you still trying to figure out what it is? Or yeah, I think they diagnosed with the concussion, so we'll just see where it's at these next couple days. And how do you feel all your quarterbacks played tonight? I thought Jake was put in some really tough tough positions. Um, not always his fault, mostly not his fault, I would say, and did a good job managing the team and keeping a calmness about him and trying to get everybody organized and leading us down there for a touchdown on his last drive. That was good to see. So, you know, we'll, we'll watch the tape and have a better assessment of it, but, but I was impressed with the way he handled himself. Jake uh, really throws the ball on the run very well. I mean, a couple of throws he made just stepping out of bounds were right on – they were dimes right on uh, – guy's shoulders as they were stepping out of bounds. Pretty impressive. Yeah, did a good job throwing on the move and extended plays, and you just need your quarterback to move the team any, any which way they can. Coach, hopefully none of these uh, Knicks are serious. Hopefully everybody's going to be all hands on deck and uh, get ready for preseason game number two, travel to New York, the Big Apple. Yep, that's what we're hoping for. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Dave. Before getting to Lap's postgame analysis, I want to share one more postgame interview. It's with rookie defensive end Jeff Gunter. And as you'll hear, Friday's game was very meaningful to him and his mom. We're in the locker room with rookie defensive lineman Jeff Gunter. He had a sack, a couple quarterback hits, knocked down a pass. How'd you think your NFL preseason debut went? Um, definitely a lot of room for improvement. Um, I was happy to you know, get the sack. I didn't know they gave it to me, but you know, I definitely got a lot of stuff to fix. And you know, I'm just getting back into the lab um, next time we have practice and going over those things, you know. You played a lot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you almost had a complete game tonight. How are you doing physically? I'm a little sore, but, uh, you know, it's a blessing. I can't, I can't complain about reps, and hopefully uh, I showed them what I can do on special teams and on defense. Anything in particular stand out about this level of competition and playing in it for the first time? Just the details. you got to be really precise with the details. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young guy. I mean, this being my first experience, I think it's uh, sky's the limit. And, you know, I just got to get back in the lab, like I said. The Cardinals' offense features the quarterback rolling out left and right a lot. Yeah. Uh, was that a, a challenge for you to be chasing that guy all over the place? I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was a little tired, but, you know, man, uh, I had fun out there. Um, I appreciate the Cardinals, you know, for coming out and playing us, and, you know, I'd love to play them in the regular season. Who is in attendance, and what did this game mean to you? Uh, my mom came, um, and I, I don't want to get too sappy, but she was diagnosed with cancer, uh, uh, like, a while ago, and um, this is her first time, you know, coming out the house since she's been going through radiation. So uh, it's just, um, it was good seeing her and knowing she's okay. And we kept our tradition going. I went and talked to her before the game, and you know, while I was warming up, man, it was great to see her. And I, you know, just playing in front of her meant the world to me. Getting a sack in front of her meant the world to me, and I hope she's proud of me. I'm sure she is. If anything could make her feel better under those circumstances, it had to be seeing her son in an NFL uniform for the first time. Yeah, um, you know, this is her dream just as much as it is mine. She put in a lot of work to get me here too. So, you know, uh, hopefully, um, you know, she gets some shine off this as well because, you know what I'm saying, without her, I wouldn't be here. And um, I just thank her for all the sacrifices she made. And, you know, hopefully I did enough to, you know, make her smile. We'll be rooting for Jeff and his mom. If you believe in the power of prayer, keep them in your thoughts. Now, time for the Radio Guys recap. All right, Lap. Final score wasn't pretty. Got a little bit better in the fourth quarter as the Bengals scored two touchdowns. But the big, glaring, obvious, biggest problem in week one of the preseason, 11 penalties for more than 100 yards. Yeah, and like I said during the broadcast, uh, least penalized team yards-wise in the National Football League took great pride in that. And uh, that can't happen. You know, you just can't give up a football field. And, uh, 
you know, poor Evans, big old run of 65 yards <laughs> taken away, a five-yard touchdown run taken away. I mean, you know, his, his stats look horrible, and he didn't play that poorly. I mean, he, he made some plays, but, yeah, they put themselves behind the eight ball. They took, uh, took points off the board by penalty, uh, gave up massive field position opportunities by penalty, um, and then you throw in the turnover. I gave him a short field at the 21-yard line, 11 penalties for over 100 yards, and you basically give him points, and they ended up getting a touchdown instead of the defense buckling down and holding it to a field goal opportunity. So the self-destruction level was high. You know, there's no, no two ways about it. They lost a turnover battle. They lost the penalty uh, situation. They lost third down. They lost red zone. Um, it all just snowballed, and, and I think a big, big part of it was the fact that they were just, you know, giving things back because of penalty. Most of the starters didn't play, including Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Lyle Collins, four of the likely five starters on the offensive line. But the two leading candidates to play left guard did play and played about a half a piece. Jackson Carmen and Cordell Volson. What'd you think? Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody up front necessarily did, you know, a job that you were could be proud of, although Sometimes it's hard when, when as, a, as an offensive line, if, if it's disintegrating, a guy might be playing decently in terms of what his responsibility is, but it just looks so bad around him, it's hard to tell. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, you got to take a further look, um, you know, at the tape. But, yeah, there were, there were too many breakdowns. Um, you know, hand placement was an issue. There were holding, holding penalties. Um, there were, I'm not sure if... Some of the free runners were schematic because they were so basic with what they were running, or if it was assignment error that were causing some free runners. But quarterbacks were either getting hit or forced out of the pocket, and they were running around like wild men. So, um, yeah, overall, uh, this is not a, a performance that you're proud of as an offensive line as a group. There's no question about that. You know you have miles to go before you rest after this one. Two undrafted wide receivers – have had good camps, Kwame Lassiter and Kendrick Pryor. Advantage game one of the preseason goes to Kendrick Pryor, who is outstanding. He really was. And, uh, you know, Plitt was perfect because Pryor had that miraculous one-handed catch to keep him perfect. And uh, no incompletions, perfect quarterback rating. I mean, it's, a, it's almost a, you know, a fairy tale dream for, for Plitt. Um, Prior, though, I did get a chance to speak with him after the game, and he, he just very confident. I said, what are your strengths? And he rattled off about five things. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, you know, he, he, he understands the situation. No matter what the score is, no matter what is transpiring, do your job. And uh, coaches want to see that, particularly when things aren't going well. Guys that can focus and concentrate and put adversity uh, aside and do their job and try to, you know, rectify the problems and, and right the ship, those are the guys you want to go to war with, and, and he understands that. So I think he's a pretty mature young man. I think he understands there's an opportunity here uh, available to him, and he's he's not going to let it go easily. He's, he's going to grab on and hold on tight. What did you think of Jeff Gunter and Zach Carter? I thought that, uh, you know, Gunter did flash. You know, he's he's definitely got get-off boy. He's got first-step quickness. Um He's one of those guys that's got a, a long, long body. But when he, he comes off the ball, he comes off like an arrow out of a bow. He doesn't stand up. 
he comes off with uh, with some surge. And, um, you know, every good pass rusher that, that I've played against or seen, they don't, they don't make moves in standing in place. They make moves advancing to the quarterback. And I think he has the innate ability to do that. You know, I think he's I think he's got some potential. And I think he got overzealous at times, you know, getting up the football field maybe too far mm-hmm. and creating a natural lane between himself and the defensive tackle, the quarterbacks who had some good mobility took advantage of. Um, you know, one time on a twist, he didn't, you know, keep his contain. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are things, there's always things to work on, things to improve on, but just in terms of traits, raw ability, he's got, he's got a lot to work with, I think. And then, uh, you know, inside our, our, our boy from Florida now, this, this guy, he's a three technique guy that can, uh, can cause you some problems. He can, he can invert the line of scrimmage. He can be disruptive, uh, very physical. He has a, an ability to make himself small. You know when he when he needs to, he's he's got some talent as well. Between the two of them, I think they get two two young guys that are gonna gonna help this football team. There's no question. Aside from the eleven penalties, what do you think bothered the coaching staff the most tonight? Anything really obvious in your opinion? Yeah, I think you know the the, the slow start in general. You know, I I just don't think that um, I think. Obviously, the opponent came out a little bit more enthused, mm-hmm. a little bit more ready to make a statement early in the football game. I thought the Cardinals, you know, just took control of the tempo from Jump Street, and I think that bothered the coaching staff a little bit because I think they've been over backwards to try to keep them fresh for this. You know, it's, we're not going to bust your butt, you know, during the week, but we expect that to pay off on um, – on game day, even if it's pre-season game day, and there was no payoff at Paycor Stadium tonight mm-hmm. for the way that they, you know, they worked them during the week. And you know, in the Forrest Gregg days, we'd be going home after something like this, and I wouldn't be sleeping. I'd be thinking, oh, my gosh, that first practice is going to be so brutal. He is going to kill us. I don't think that's what Zach's all about, um, but I do think that, I would I would definitely make a very stern statement that hey, if you want me to take care of you, you better take care of me. This better be a two way street. You know I, I don't want to have to defend you guys for you know lack of enthusiasm or effort or things of that nature. Dax Hill had a couple of pass deflections, had a near interception in the end zone. Do you think he showed them exactly what they're hoping he would show? I think so. You know um, it'll be interesting to you know we don't really know until you study the the tape if there there were things he could have also done that he didn't whether he was just a little bit out of position or slow to react or whatever but I'll tell you you know he's he's a quick study he understands football um, the installation process has not been a you know a difficult scenario a difficult process for him so and his his uh his closing speed, his recoverability speed just shows up all the time. Even if he is a little bit out of position, sometimes that may play to his advantage in the NFL because, you know, if you're a little bit out of position, then you realize that quarterback, when he sees a, you know, a gaping scenario like that, he's, and this guy can recover because of that speed that he has. So there were a couple of instances where speed that guys have did show up, and uh, and that's what you're looking for. How would you describe – Evan McPherson at this point. I mean, it's mind-boggling 
how well he kicks the football. I don't think I've ever seen a guy with as much earned confidence as he has. <laughs> Maybe Burrow. Other than that, I don't know. Who. I know it's it's it really is uh, really is phenomenal. I mean, I think he. I asked him. I said, on a beautiful night like tonight, when you hit that 56, 58 yard, what could you hit from? Do you think? He goes, it was nice out there. I don't know. And <laughs> I'm thinking 63, 65. You know, it's it really is it really is amazing. And um, you know, I asked him about never overdoing a swing, like in you know golf. You know, you hit your purest shots when you're in total rhythm, and that, and that's he he swings at the you know 58. 56 yarders like he does the 32 yarders you know he just he's never he's never out of whack in that regard man he's got an explosive leg he's he's uber talented I mean 14 for 14 in the playoffs and three of them from beyond 50 so I think he only missed one from beyond 50 in the regular season I mean it's it's unbelievable the the longer the distance the more confidence I have in the guy it's crazy it's nuts Last thing, I don't know what Zach Taylor's plan is for playing the starters. I don't know if they'll go in the second preseason game or the third or not at all. Maybe they'll only play in those practices against the Rams. Do you think tonight's result could have any impact on that leading to the second preseason game against the Giants? I don't don't know. That's a a great question. Only Zach, I guess, could could answer that question. But I think think that that he's um, – He's basically making that decision based on the fact he doesn't want to lose anybody. And in tonight's preseason game, some guys were lost. So I think you get the validity and validation of, of that decision-making process. And, uh, you know, um, I would not be shocked if the, quote, starters only get one series total in the preseason, maybe just one. Um, if it's a three and out, I don't know. Maybe it won't be just one, but uh, I, I think it's going to be minimal, if at all. I really believe that. But I do think that that, that those tr- those workouts against the Rams are when they're really going to evaluate where they are, because that's a good that's a good athletic football team on both sides of the football, and the ones will be going against the ones, and it'll all be controlled and everything. But you can tell if oh boy you know we made a mistake here maybe we need to play some of these guys in that third preseason game a little bit longer they didn't look very good against the Rams at least you have that as a barometer before that last mm-hmm. preseason game so I think that's when they're going to make that decision based on how all that unfolds against the Rams I think the Rams practices are are going to be the the tilting point in, in that kind of thing the end result wasn't what Bengals fans were hoping for but it was fun to be back in the booth <laughs> It was fun. Uh, the National Football League is uh, its one hell of a piece of entertainment. There's no question about it. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous show, and it's all unscripted, so you never know what you're going to see. And th- sometimes, you know, it's like no matter how many games you witness, I never saw that before. Well, I haven't seen that in a long time. Those are the great things about the game. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. This past season, Ultimate Bengals awarded a weekly winner during the course of the year with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the App Store and Google Play. Now, time for our first Fun Facts interview of the season where you get to know the person under the pads. 
Time for some fun facts with Abu Durami Soiree, a rookie cornerback who's joined the Bengals this training camp. I don't know that there's a better story in this camp or in the entire NFL than yours. Abu, tell folks what you were doing last year when the Bengals were facing the Rams in the Super Bowl. Uh, I was um, working at Donato's delivering pizzas with tears in my eyes, going from door to door, giving people their pizza and seeing the game through their window, basically, and trying to listen to it on the radio as much as possible. So with that in mind, what does it mean to you to be playing in an NFL preseason game on Friday night? Honestly, it, it means everything to me. I've had this dream since I was a kid, kid, and, you know, it seemed like it was slipping away slowly and slowly with just a slim chance. And, you know, after that Super Bowl, I definitely thought my chances were absolutely done. And to think that, you know, the team that was playing in the Super Bowl is the same team that was going to uh, bring me along, I, I never would have thought that's how it would have played out. But I'm super thankful. So this preseason game means absolutely everything to me. We're chatting with Abu Durami Soiree. You were born in Sierra Leone, but went to high school near Columbus, Ohio. Explain what your mother did in moving you to the U.S. and why. Uh, my mother, you know, we were refugees. Um, we had to find refuge here in the United States because there was a war in my country. And basically we had to escape and come to the United States. And from there, my mom had to work two, three jobs at a time just to make a living for us. And you know, I didn't get a chance to see her that much you know, growing up, and it was very difficult for us. But she made those sacrifices for me. So when I'm in situations like this and I have to bust my butt each and every day, I mean, it's easy compared to what she had to go through. So she's my motivation each and every day. And you have a brother that you didn't see for nine years, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, the way things didn't work out the way that she wanted, she could only get one of us here, and sadly she had to choose, but I was the youngest, so she had to bring me along, and, you know, me and my brother didn't get the those adolescent years together that we could have been building a relationship, and it's kind of upsetting, but, you know, till this day, him and I are still working on it, and, you know, I'm thankful and grateful for my mom fighting so hard, because I very much do love my brother, and he's a very big influence on me. We're doing fun facts with Abu Durami Soiree. So after a great high school football career near Columbus, you went to Colgate University in New York State. You had a great career there, three times, first team all-league. What was the best part of your college experience? Honestly, uh, just, you know, those championships that we won together. I mean, those individual awards, they were were cool and all. But, you know, getting a ring and being able to shake hands with my teammates and hear that clink sound from our rings Hmm. touching one another, I think, you know, that that was the best part of the experience. And just celebrating that together as one was better than any of the individual awards that I received. So when people look at number 43 on the roster, they will see you listed at 5'9", 185. You are almost the exact same size as Mike Hilton, who's obviously become a great NFL player. But Mike wasn't drafted. And you weren't drafted, not uncommon for a guy your size, but it was extra tough for you because the year you came out was at the height of the pandemic and it was hard to get a gig as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, that that was, you know, honestly, I think that was the most humbling experience for me. I think if I would have come out at the time I did, um, things would have been completely different with me. And honestly, I think God, you know, did this for a reason. And the, those two, these two years I spent was very humbling and just, you know, getting closer to God and getting closer to myself and my family and just figuring out what I truly want in life. So I think this came at the perfect time. And seeing, God, seeing people like Mike Hilton really motivate me. And he's a person that definitely, you know, stands next to me and takes me under his wing and makes sure that, you know, I'm doing the right things and always there to answer questions. So, you know, I feel like I got here at the time that I was supposed to get here. So the Cardinals game will be your NFL debut, but not your pro football debut. You played in Germany last year for the Potsdam Royals. Describe the German Professional Football League. It was all love. You know, of course, the competition level isn't the NFL, but there's no competition like the NFL. But it was still competition. You know, I was going against all-American 
wide receivers each and every game. I was going against, you know, guys that were in the NFL, guys that got NFL tryouts. So, you know, it wasn't just any walk in the park for me. But the experience was absolutely amazing. Um, the fans were so lovely. The team, my coaches, you know, they treated me like family. I almost didn't leave because of how much I loved it. And um, I was actually signed to go back there the day before I got the opportunity to come for a workout here. But Germany was definitely, you know, I plan on visiting. Once the season's over, I plan on going back to seeing my coaches in the off season and just spending time with them because I really built a family out there. I'm not sure I'd ever heard of the German Football League. Did you even know it existed before someone mentioned the opportunity to possibly play there? I never, never knew that there was football outside of Canada and the United States. And then I got a phone call from David Saul. And I was hesitant on the experience just because I'm just like, you know, this is not my dream. You know, this is not what I've wanted for myself. And I have to move over 4,000 miles away from everything <laughs> I know and love. So I was very hesitant. But there's a gut feeling that told me just just take the leap of faith. Just take the leap of faith. And I just went with my gut. And honestly, it was the best decision I've made. So you've had some other jobs. In addition to delivering Donato's during the Super Bowl last year, what are some of the other things you had to do while you were staying in shape and hoping to get a football opportunity? Uh, I was personal training for a former Ohio State strength conditioning coach um, in Columbus, Ohio. I worked at the Amazon Warehouse. I worked at BJ's Restaurant. I worked at Best Buy. I did DoorDash. I worked at Donato's. You know, I was, I was doing a lot of things. I actually lost my, my last job at Best Buy due to COVID in 2020, 2020 going into 2021 because my family caught it. So, you know, I was actually laid off of my job for six months. So, you know, things were very difficult for me. But at the end of the day, I just, something just told me, just keep going. Abu Dharami Soiree is our guest. Have you shared any of this with your NFL teammates? A little bit, a little bit. Um, just some, you know, I'm closer to some guys than others. But, you know, I'm waiting for that moment when, you know, they really want to hear what's going on and I'll you know I'll tell them everything but I don't want to just throw everything on somebody right away you know I'm not a person that likes to give my luggage to others (laughs) it's a nice way of putting it so in talking to some of the coaches about you they say you know you're so appreciative get a big smile on your face you're grateful for everything that comes with being an NFL player can you touch on that this was an opportunity that I didn't see coming Uh, in the last four months I, I never saw it coming So the days that it's hard to get out of bed and it's hard to push through that extra rep or it's hard to push through that, you know, just trying to just finish that last rep of sprint. Like, I think to myself, you know, I'd rather be struggling here than struggling putting gas in my car and going to deliver pizzas or having to, you know, I'm appreciative of everything that comes with this. No matter how hard it gets, I asked for this. I prayed for this. This is what I wanted. and This is what I got. I would rather have it this way than any other way. So where were you delivering those pizzas? Was that back in the Columbus area? It was in the Columbus area, yep. It was uh, about 10 minutes away from my home. It was uh, definitely an experience. You know, I, I made decent money, of course, not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but at that time, I was working probably two, three jobs. And, you know, I would leave in the morning, come home for an hour, change, go to my next job, go work out. It was very difficult. But I knew those were the sacrifices I had to make, of, uh, you know, not spending money on things I wanted to, but things I needed to, making sure that I, you know, didn't go out and all that type of stuff you know for about two three months I was kind of just to myself and just it felt like a dark place but in my eyes I knew I had to make those sacrifices in order to get to where I wanted to be so if you were listening to the game on the radio while you were delivering you might have been listening to me and Dave Lapham you know the Maybe. Bengals games do come in in Columbus they, they do they I probably was listening to you I just didn't realize it I had too, I had too many emotions running on through my mind 
So is there a bit of an awe factor in being here and trying to cover Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and in interacting with Joe Burrow, et cetera? Oh, it's, uh, my first month here was such an awe factor. I mean, till this day, it's still an awe factor. I'm still I'm starting to get used to it each and every day because, you know, they are they are they're just regular people at the end of the day. But, you know, there is still an awe factor, definitely still an awe factor. But they thing about this team that I love the most is they treat me as if I'm one of them. None of them, you know, even with the season that they had last year, Jamar Chase being, you know, the rookie of the year and Joe Burrow, Burrow, you know, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Like, they don't sit there and gloat about it. You know, Burrow treats me as if, you know, I was the same as him. Jamar doesn't talk down on me. He talks to me as if I was a friend or as, you know, I just won the MVP or something. So something about this team that, you know, they don't dwell on the last season. You know, they treat everyone like a brother. And I really, really appreciate that. And honestly, that helps motivate me and push me forward. Last thing, who will be watching on Friday night at Paul Brown Stadium? And will tears be flowing down your eyes during the national anthem? You just said that, and I just got chills on my body, and I almost started tearing up. Um, my mother will be there. My brother will be there. My cousins will be there. Um, ish. Like, I'm starting to think about it, and I'm starting to get emotional myself. When I step out on the field the first time, if you guys have the cameras on me, you will see tears <laughs> come out of my, mom, my eyes. If you find my mother in the stadium, you'll see her crying, too. Boo, you're an easy guy to root for. Best of luck throughout the rest of camp and uh, hopefully a long NFL career. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's Abu Durami Soiree. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free to play next level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.